So we are in the time of Advent, coming forth of the Christ within us. So we light this little candle from our Christ candle there. And our first week of Advent was hope that we live in our hope of our awakening. The second week, we lit, oh no, the first week we lit was faith. The second week was hope. So we lit our candle of faith. <laughs> and peace, peace, peace was first week. <laughs> peace was our first week. <laughs> and we live in the peace of God, knowing that uh, the truth is always going to be true. Hope. The second week, yes, we live in that hope that what we believe is true. We, we hope. I, hope, I really hope that everything I believe is true and that there's even more to the good than what I currently believe. Last week, we lit the candle of joy, and it was the pink candle, oddly enough, and uh, knowing that joy is not something we have to work for. It is innate within us. It's something we must accept. And today, we light the fourth candle of Advent, the candle of love. Knowing love is the pure essence of being, binding together the whole human family. Therefore, that tells us that love is so much more than uh, perhaps we were taught or ever imagined. What is nice is love is, and I can't make it not be. I can pretend, however. Because today's, I called today's talk, and I, it's funny, I didn't remember doing this, but I called today's, I got love. I put a question mark in it when I, when I sent the, the, the list of talks to Kenneth and, and Gloria, and I don't remember what I was thinking when I put a question mark on it. But I looked at it and said, okay, well, that must be the talk today. I got, I got love. Do you have any desire to change seats as we stand like this? <laughs> Thank you. It's up to you. I can deal with not seeing you, but I think you should see this pretty face. <laughs> And so I got love. I got love. Well, of course I got love, but how often every day do we forget? We get into traffic and we forget we have love. We just forget that love is. We get sick and we forget what love is. Somebody looks at us in a way we don't like, or they speak an unkind word. They forget themselves. And I forget that I have love. I forget that it's impossible to not have love. Anybody? You've forgotten you have, you have love lately? Because it's, it's, it's daunting is what I call it. It's, it's work. Because I, I grew up thinking, oh, they don't love me because they're speaking to me this way. It didn't occur to me that they forgot to love themselves. You know, to go back to that, that sarcasm, the, the reason uh, some of us, we can't, our sarcasm doesn't go over is because we don't think the other person loves us. We don't trust that there is love there, and therefore it's it just, you hate me. And if I think you hate me, then I think I don't have love. And, and I have, as I have continued to grow up and mature, I have learned more and more. It's not personal. It's not per The way people treat me 
isn't personal, even when they're so wonderful to me. It's, it's not really personal. It's coming from their thoughts. The way, we, the way I treat you is it's from my thoughts about myself and about you. And the way you treat me is coming from your thoughts about yourself and uh, how you think about you and then how you think about me. And that we can meet people that remind us of someone that was perhaps less than kind to us. And we don't like them on sight for no good reason based on them. And so we forget that love exists. And I've been working these past several years to continuously remember that uh, God is love and therefore love cannot exist, can, can, not cannot not. not exist. I, I want a thing that has often confused people in unity is when you say, God doesn't love you. And so, really? Well, the reason for this is God is love. God can't not love you. Love just is. Love does not exist. Or we say God does not. Here's a good one. God does not exist. That's upsets me people before. God does not exist. And there's a reason for that. To exist is to exit out of something. God itself does not exit out of anything. God is. God just is. Now, granted, uh, the word God exists because we made that up. People made that up to describe some, somehow describe this bigness because they don't know what else to do, you know, to, to, to create a common language. And it's, I, I am now, I'm currently facilitating a spirituality group amongst a group of 12-step people. And because the God aspect of the 12 steps doesn't get discussed a lot, especially, especially like in men's groups and things around here. And, and I take this into a men's sober house. And, and we discuss this. And the other day I wanted, I said, I want to be clear here. I am not here to make you good Christians. I, that is not my purpose. I'm not here to get you to worship Jesus. I, it's not my function. And one person in the back was like, oh, because Jesus is his source. He considers himself a good Christian, and that's his thing. But to realize in a room full of people like that, we are not all on common ground in our understanding, in our practice, if we even have a practice, some of, some of the people. And so to open up just the discussion of spirituality in your life, because some people want to throw the word God away because they were abused by the word God, by their adults. So they don't feel at all loved when the word God comes up. They feel the absence of it. Same thing with the word Jesus comes up. They feel the absence of it. I've, I've told this story so many times, it bears repeating. Years ago, on the same Sunday, a woman came up to me and says, I can't come here. All you do is talk about Jesus. And somebody else came up and said, Sean, you never talk about Jesus. <laughs> I was like... What do I do with that information except save it as a fun story for the future? And and it's like because people are hearing things and people are not hearing things. It, it's it's very impressive how we use our friends and our loved ones to tell us we are not loved. We use their patterns and their behaviors and their words and their look in their eyes. 
to that they are telling me I'm not loved. And if I'm not loved by them, I must not be lovable. We, we do it all the time, and it's, uh, we don't have to. We just don't have to do that anymore. I've been working it more and more, telling myself, oh, wait a minute, I'm loved. Whether they like me or not, I'm still loved. I can't not be loved, so there. I can't not be loved, so there. And you can't not be loved, so there. And we would be wise to not let our political differences tell us we are not loved. We would be wise to not let our past tell us we are not loved. And not let our presumed future tell us we are not loved. This whole Advent thing is all about, it says the coming forth. Now, most people think it's going to happen on, what, December 24th, 25th. Christ of me is going to be born again. Jesus is coming back. And it's, I've got to criticize that thinking because it's, it's so limiting and it's so foolish. Foolish, I risk. And I'm sorry, if I offend somebody, well, be offended. But what I'm offering is a bigger way to think about it. All this Advent stuff, the coming forth, I use it as a, as a ritual for yet more talks at this time of year. And I'm not going to do Advent in next, next September, because uh, then it would really be loopy, wouldn't it? Uh, but to, the coming forth is now. The Advent coming forth of the presence of God awakened in me is now. The Christ awakened in me is now. Love, hope, joy, faith, wisdom, all this awakened in me now. Let it happen now. You know, our, our Sunday is considered the Sabbath. So you've got 52 Sundays to, to, re, to awaken. But then use the Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays too as a way to awaken now. To remind yourself, don't limit it to these holidays. We just use the holidays to continue to remind each other that, oh, say, I like the Christ. I like the word Christ. It, it works for me. Uh, be, I kind of got, I think I got the Christ before I got Jesus, before I even embraced Jesus. And I didn't embrace Jesus till I came into unity when I no longer needed Jesus as my Lord and Savior, I needed Jesus as a good teacher. Buddha's a good teacher, too. There's a lot of good teachers in, in our history that, that their teachings still apply to the present. And so Jesus, master teacher, to show us the way. And as I keep reminding everybody, when Jesus said, follow me, he, does, he said, follow me, not worship me, according to the Bible. And what I read this as is, I found a way in, into the kingdom, right here, right now. And it's going to be a bear, but do it. And here's the secret. Forgive everybody. Everybody. Forgive yourself. And then forgive everybody else. Meaning give way for a new thought about everybody, everything, anything that limits you in any way. And then you can reside in the kingdom of heaven. And that's not about later. That's now. It's not a physical place after I die. It's right here, right now. I can, as Sean, in this body, reside in the kingdom of heaven. 
How about that? Isn't that the coolest thing? And uh, and I believe it's possible. It doesn't mean I'm willing to do it, but it does mean it's possible. Most of us are not willing. There's a handful of people. We're not willing to let off the hook. We're not willing to let them get away with it. They must pay, and I have to see them pay. And that's insane thinking, in case you didn't know. That, that, that's insane thinking because there's no reason to do that. And so we take this Advent time, this coming forth, Christ awakened in me now. And I invite you right here in this moment to take an opportunity to inspect yourself, inspect your mind, and, and, and just ask yourself the question, if I could know I was in heaven, would I let them all off the hook right here, right now? In this moment. You know, to heck with it. Let, if, if they get away with it, fine. I'm going to be happy, joyous, and free. Well, I mean, I, I can feel that I would do that. And I can't tell you about the next moment. But in this moment, everybody's off the hook. Nobody has to make it up to me. Nobody owes me an amends. Nobody owes me anything in this moment. I like this moment. This is a good moment. <laughs> this is a very freeing moment. So in the answer to my question, I got love? The answer is yes, I got love. It's right in me. It lives in every cell, every tissue, every fiber of my being. Every single one. I got love. Now, if, we while we were doing that, if some of you still had a few exceptions, well, I could let almost everybody off the hook. That's okay, too. Keep working at it. You know, use your prayer time. Your driving time to consider, hmm, if it meant I could be happy, joyous, and free, if it meant I were no longer burdened by this bondage of myself, that I was no longer burdened by the bondage of resentment, would I let them off the hook so that they could be happy, joyous, and free and not bound to my misery? Would I do it, even though I don't know what it's going to look like? And, and that's the crazy one. I have no idea what it would look like if I, get, if I surrendered. If I used my power of elimination or renunciation to release all that I think is wrong in everybody. I don't, and I, I have no idea what that's going to look like or feel like. I don't know if anyone will accept it. I don't know if that will be the end of war, the beginning of greater wars. But if I did it, I would be free. And I don't think that's a selfish gesture. I think it's a prove, me, prove God now gesture. So that I could say, I let it go. I let it go. And uh, I'm joy-filled today. I know I got love. And I only got love. I'm going to read something. 
from my book, the, well, not my book, my favorite book, The Holy Spirit's Interpretation of the New Testament. And this comes from the book of Romans, chapter 4. And it says, Oh, holy child of God, there is one thing... I'm going to get a stand. Why am I standing here? Up we go. I'm not just standing here. So, oh, child of God, there is one thing that you must know. You are loved. You are deeply and truly eternally treasured and loved. This love that is extended you from God and through God is not extended you for what you do. Therefore, this love cannot be stopped because of what you do not. God's love extended to you is eternal because, because God's love extended through you is extended for what you are. There are no criteria on which this love is dependent. You are, and so you are loved, and this love is eternal. Existence is love, and love is existence. You are loved because God created you existence. In creating you, God extended itself. And extending God's truth, that which is enrichment, was enriched further. So in your existence, God itself is enriched. This is why you are God's joy. You are God's own enrichment. And that which enriches God must be enrichment itself. No part of you is absent from God's enrichment. God's love is not unknown to you. Because God's love lies in you. You are God's love, and God's love is your truth. So, if you discovered any resistance today to letting someone off the hook, I suggest you look within and look at yourself. And do you have to let yourself off the hook? in order to love yourself. We have fulfilled our Advent promises for another year. We have lit all four candles. We come together this next Saturday night for Christmas Eve to have our Holy Communion. We do that once a year. And we will explain the, the bread and the juice metaphysically, and how it applies to forgiveness. We will come together on Christmas morning, like Sunday morning, in our pajamas. You are welcome to do the same. And once again, we will look at, oh, Christ in me, awaken now. We keep coming together so that we may continuously be reminded that Christ is awakened in me. I think I'll accept it. Thank you for this year of love and this time moving forward. Amen.